They're a team that is both respected and overlooked. Year after year, they have one of the smallest payrolls in baseball. And year after year, with just the odd exception, they're one of the better teams in baseball. Deep to center, Kiermaier to the wall, and he got it! Kiermaier grabbed that one against the wall! Wow, what a catch! In the last 12 seasons, the Rays have won 90 or more games seven times and have made the playoffs five times, despite competing in what is generally thought of as the toughest division in baseball, the American League East. So how do they do it? And is the truncated 2020 season, with all of its quirks and uncertainty, exactly the kind of season where the Rays could really thrive? I'm Dan Schulman, and this is A Swing and a Belt. And a shot up the right side, back into the corner. Rays are gonna win! Safe at the plate! And the Rays score two in the 10th. On the shot up the right side by Kiermaier, it's a 6-5 final. <laughs> Kevin Kiermaier has been a Ray longer than anyone else on this year's team. Now in his seventh season with the club, Kiermaier has anchored center field for the Rays since 2014, winning three gold gloves along the way. Kiermaier and the Rays got a taste of the playoffs last year by beating Oakland in the wildcard game before taking Houston the distance in the division series and eventually losing in five. Coming off a 96-win season a year ago, are the Rays in as good a spot as anyone to win it all this year? We've got questions, and I think Kevin Kiermaier has the answers. Are you ready, Kevin? Can we do this? Let's do it, Dan. <laughs> Let's start with how good the team is. You've been there a while, as I said, and you've seen the team go from 68 wins to 80 to 90 to 96. What are your expectations for this team this year? Oh, man, sky's the limit. I know that's a cliche saying, but it, it really is. I always tell our guys that we need to be reminded how much talent we have in our clubhouse day in and day out. And I just say, look around the room and look, look what we're capable of, what the personnel we have in this room, along with the great coaching staff and front office, who we're all on the same page with kind of our unorthodox thinking at times, but everything is all for a purpose to, to win ball games. And uh, I truly mean it with our pitching staff and in our position players. Uh, we have a dangerous recipe for success just as far as the talent we have from top to bottom. And that's a beautiful thing to be a part of. And that's why it's a joy to show up each and every day because uh, you just never know what any given teammate of mine is going to do on any particular day. And it's a beautiful thing to see. And I have the best view in the house playing center field, watching what our pitchers are capable of doing as well. And I always tell people I'm so glad that I wear the same jersey as them because there's not many guys on my team who I want to try to hit off of, uh, you know, night in, night out. So it's so much fun to be a part of. And uh, like I said, we just have so much talent where it's a true joy playing alongside these guys each and every night. Well, I'm glad you said the word talent because I know some people look at your team and say, well, yeah, but it's kind of the system and all the pieces fitting together. And I want to get to that. But like to use a basketball analogy, like some people looked at the San Antonio Spurs and said, well, yeah, they're good, but it's pop system. Uh, yes. Or I know you're a college basketball fan. People look at Virginia <laughs> when they won the national yes. championship and go, yeah, but it's the system. So to me, that doesn't give you guys enough credit for how good you are. So when you look at the talent and you look at, like you called it, the unorthodox 
thinking? You know, how much of each is is the reason why you guys are so good? That's just another uh, example where I, I say this as well. We have not a whole lot of household names, I guess you could say, on our team. But I promise you, these guys who aren't as popular as others, we have many, several, several above average quality players in our clubhouse that not everyone knows about. And that's okay with us. We're, we're right where we need to be. And, and we know that the opposition, whatever team we're facing, they know what we're capable of and they know that we're dangerous. And, uh, you know, that means a lot to us because, you know, I feel like every year no one expects us to do anything, but with what we've done the last two years and getting off to a pretty good start this year, I think we're really starting to have other people recognize what we're, uh, you know, truly capable of and, and, you know, we're very dangerous in, in many different ways. So, you know, hopefully we try to keep it like that as long as possible. But we've had so many good trades over the years to acquire talent and, you know, watch some good guys leave. But the talent that we bring in year after year with what our front office has done is incredible. Good quality players, but great people as well. And the camaraderie, the just the good vibes we have rolling through the, the clubhouse each and every day of everyone getting along. It goes a long way throughout you know, the course of a season, especially 162 game season. But, you know, obviously this year is shortened and you still need that camaraderie where everyone enjoys showing to the field each and every day. And we have just as much fun in the clubhouse as we do out on the field. And I think that's been a huge part of our success over the last couple of years. And we plan on to continue, keep that trend rolling. Do you think management puts a lot of thought into the type of person they bring in not just player, but the type of person as well as you're talking about, because that camaraderie, that chemistry is so good. Is that a really important thing within the Rays organization? Yes, it is. And and they know that. And I know there's have, have been uh, discussions, you know, anytime we're ever trying to bring in a guy, you know, I know Kevin Cash and other people are going to be on the phone. Hey, what do you got on this particular guy? Is he a good clubhouse guy? Uh, you know, can you give me the rundown? They, they do their homework. I know that. And I've heard, you know, tidbits of those conversations over the years. And it's great that people, uh, you know, have the wherewithal to appreciate the little things like that, because we, we really haven't had like those bad egg type of guys to come through our clubhouse ever since I've been here. And I, and, uh, it's just one thing where, there's certain people who can just kind of throw off certain things and I'm not throwing anyone under the bus or naming names. I, like I said, I promise you it's been few and far between, but it's just incredible how year after year, the guys who we trade for or, or you know, bring up through our minor league system, it's amazing how they make an impact right away. And, and they're on the same page as, you know, with, with what we do as a team and how we come to the field each and every day, expect to win, but always want to have fun and have that loose atmosphere. And you got to tip your cap to Kevin Cash for that because the manager creates the environment on, um, you know, as far as rules and how things go each and every day. And Kevin Cash has just done a great job since day one. And I appreciate the heck out of that because he just lets guys go play the game and you can do what you want as long as you, show up each and every night at seven, he's not going to complain at all or tell you what to do because we want to be ourselves and that allows a better performance out of us. 
he's also, you mentioned unorthodox thinking a little bit earlier. He's the king of unorthodox thinking. I mean, he'll try anything if he thinks it gives (laughs) you guys a chance to win a game. And and you can't argue with the success. You know, you guys have used a four-man outfield. I know in summer camp intra-squad games, you're experimenting with a two-man outfield. The race pioneered the opener over the last couple of years, and now other teams have copied it. Is there any time where Kevin Cash walks into the clubhouse and says, okay, guys, here's what I'm thinking. Like, does he ever say (laughs) anything where you guys go, okay, even for us, Kevin, that's a bit much. Like, does he ever cross the line or does anything go? You know, there, there was times last couple of years where let's just say the ninth inning happens and we got a a sidearm lefty out there and the opposition's batting is lefty, righty, lefty. Well, we'll put that sidearm lefty out there to face the first batter and Kevin Cash has done this with three or four of our pitchers over the last two or three years where he you know, puts that pitcher at first base mm-hmm. once the righty comes up. And then a righty reliever will come in the game, get the righty out. The righty reliever will go out the game. The lefty who pitcher who got the first out on first base now will go back to the mound to close out the game for that last lefty. And it has worked every time. So you you see certain things like this transpire throughout a game. And you're like, oh, man, they they told us they might do something like this. And we'll see, you know, our pitchers over there trying to, you know, hold a runner on base or whatever. And it it gets very interesting at times. But it has worked in our favor every time. And, And once again, we are unorthodox in many ways. But it's hard to go against it because it has worked time and time again. And uh it's, it's kind of fun doing quirky things like this, but we're all on board for trying to win ball games whatever way possible. So no one's uh, going to go against with what Kevin Cash and our front office and management have with uh, whatever their plan is any given day. Yeah. You talked about how good your pitching is and the view you get from center field. This year being so strange because of summer camp and intra-squad games, you actually got a chance to face your pitchers probably more than you do in a normal year with all the great arms on your staff, and they're all so different, different arm angles, different pitches that they emphasize. When you're standing in the batter's box, give me the three toughest guys on your staff, in your opinion. Oh, first name that jumps out is uh, Tyler Glasnow. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. No, that's ridiculous. I'm telling you. That breaking ball from Glasnow has just been absolutely lethal. I mean, he's just 98 to 100 with, rise and cut somehow some way he's just in a in a curveball that is just incredible how how violent and the spin on it he jumps out charlie morton he's a guy who just knows how to pitch and dissect hitters he he's nasty and boy i'm trying to think of you know our relievers of the guys who uh i could pick about eight or nine of them right now but <laughs> There's a guy, uh, Jose Alvarado. Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) You got to be light on your feet in there. I mean, you don't know where it's going sometimes with him. (laughs) Yeah, 97, 99 mile per hour turbo sinkers um, in in a nasty cutter from the left side. You just don't see guys with the movement he has. And, uh, boy, yeah, there were some uh, very humbling at-bats during summer camp 2.0. I'll say that right now, (laughs) and that's putting it lightly. You know, facing a, a great staff like ours prepared our guys to, uh, you know, get ready for this season. And, you know, we faced top tier arms day in and day out. And, and that's what you want to be prepared because that's what you're going to face each and every day in the regular season. So it was great for all of us. 
I mentioned before how fun it looks like from the outside, how fun of a group you guys have. And you've talked about it a little bit. One of my favorite guys, and I've never spoken with him, but one of my favorite guys just to watch on your team is G-Man Choi. <laughs> everybody who gets to first base talks to this guy. Or maybe I should say he talks to everybody who gets yep. to first base. So obviously his English is good enough that he can talk and interact with people, but he looks like the life of the party. What kind of a guy is G-Man Choi? Yeah, and even when you were leading up, I knew you were going to say G-Man <laughs> Choi just because everyone loves him, and he's just that guy. He is so funny. He's, yes, he does speak pretty good English, well enough to have a any kind of conversation you want with him, and he speaks Spanish as well, and he'll surprise you and just say the funniest things out of nowhere. Great personality, great uh, clubhouse guy, great player as well, but he's just that guy who has that it factor in just making everyone laugh no matter what day of the week it is he is just he has a gift of just uh like i said making you know a group of people laugh uncontrollably and he's fun to to have around each and every day and I, i'd go to battle with him any day of the week so a few days ago the blue jays bring a lefty in out of the bullpen to face him because g-man Choi is a left-handed hitter Except he'd been messing around in summer camp, apparently hitting from the right side. And we'd heard about that. But, you know, messing around in summer camp is different than doing it in a big league game. And all of a sudden he comes in and he turns around and he bats right-handed against Anthony Kay. And he strikes out the first time, but he looks pretty good doing it, actually. The swing looked pretty good. And then two innings later, he comes up again and the guy hits a home run in his second at bat ever hitting right-handed in a big league game. So two questions. Did you know he was going to do it? And did it surprise you that he hit a home run? Yes, I, we knew he was going to do it. But if you would have asked me before summer camp, I would have said, no, not a chance. And Anthony Kay is back on the mound as we move to the bottom of the sixth inning. And again, G-Man Choi comes up hitting right-handed. And this time he smokes one. Left center and gone. He's a guy where he's always, you know, his first round of BP, he'll always take right-handed. He's done that last two years, just kind of, getting loose and it's what gets him locked in and he'll hit homers in batting practice and hmm. guys have had conversations how do you like how do you do that and he did it one year in the minor leagues and for a couple weeks and was like all right this is not gonna work and he said other places just said just hit left-handed and we had the same thoughts and after times of just hitting homers and in bp and working in the cage and having the success he had it got the attention of cash and you know, our front office and they said, Hey, do you want to try it out? And he was open to it and he was hitting doubles and, you know, doing that in summer camp too. And <laughs> some of our people were sitting here, he hit a double one day and some people are saying, no, 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 no. Because he's such a good left-hand hitter where it's one of those things like you kind of just want to see him do that. But at the same time he had success you know, in summer camp, hitting righty, and then he hits that absolute rocket of a homer off K that one game, and we're just in the dugout just amazed because he crushed that 109 exit velo. It's just, it's incredible. I do not know how he does it, but he is a man of many talents, and <laughs> he makes it look so easy. He really he does. does. And in batting practice, he is just launching balls, and uh, it's incredible. That's all I can say about yeah, it. Truly it's, incredible. It's great stuff. It was really interesting to watch. All right, give me something on my guy, Ray Superfan, Dickie V, Dick Vitale. What do you got on Dickie V? Oh, Dickie V, always over there by the old third base dugout, you know, supporting the Rays. And 
I see him at the games quite a bit. You know, he's always uh, letting us hear his thoughts, good and bad, about the Rays, and uh, <laughs> he's entertaining over there. And I've got to you know talk to him a couple times over the years, but it's fun to to see him over there and that he's a fan of the Rays. It's cool seeing that. So maybe uh, you know we can get uh, your boy Billis on board as well. <laughs> 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 we'll try if we ever get down to Florida we're not in your neck of the woods doing a college basketball game very yeah. often so we'll try definitely he grew up a Dodger fan I think that'll be tough to break Billis okay. that habit he yeah. grew up in Southern California yeah. a big Dodger fan so maybe if you guys play the Dodgers in the World Series this year we can get a little Vital Billis hey. sideways hey, there we go like I like that. it so. I like it <laughs> Kevin, I really appreciate this. As I said, you guys, you got a great team, and and I think this crazy season kind of plays right into your hands. And and you know, Kevin Cash is the the mad scientist moving all the pieces around. But as you said, people shouldn't forget how talented the team is too. It's a really good team, and and I appreciate you doing this. Stay healthy and have a great season. Oh, thank you, Dan. I appreciate you having me on here. I'm a huge fan of you, and uh, means the world for you to have me on here. Thanks again. I appreciate that. Thanks. Our thanks to Kevin Kiermeyer. Not only has he been there longer than anybody else, he's the real heart and soul, emotional leader of the team, plays 110% to use a cliche, and just a great outfielder. And again, they're good. They're really good. They're really confident. 96 wins a year ago. And the crazier things get, the more comfortable the Rays seem to be. Could be a very interesting season in 2020 for Tampa Bay. Our thanks again to Kevin Kiermeyer and to our producer, Christian Ryan. I'm Dan Schulman. This has been A Swing and a Belt. We'll see you again next time.